0: From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. The decision to pull subsidies from childcare has caused alarm in the sector, especially because it's the first place the government has cut support. Now, questions are being asked about how the government interacts with women and where its interests lie with regards to economic recovery. Today, Gina Rushton on work, gender and politics. Gina, last week the government ended its subsidies to the childcare sector, making it the first sector to have pandemic support measures withdrawn. Can you tell me what the reasoning was here, why childcare was the first?
1: Yeah, so last Monday the government ended the free childcare scheme under which parents weren't required to pay fees. Existing subsidies were suspended and childcare centres were instead paid 50% of the hourly rate cap by the government.
0: Gina Rushton is a freelance journalist. She wrote about childcare for the Saturday paper.
1: It's the first pandemic support measure to be withdrawn in what Prime Minister Scott Morrison foreshadowed early on in the pandemic as the snapback, so that moment when the coronavirus crisis ends and relief spending is cut. But of course, we only have to look at Victoria to see that the pandemic hasn't ended in Australia, nor has the economic impact it's having on families. Thousands of parents are facing the prospect of removing kids from childcare when it stops being free on July 12. Parts of the sector are utterly bewildered by today's announcement. Returning to lockdown is
2: a major setback as Australians attempt to recover from the impending recession and rising unemployment. Now
0: it's going back to costs, like we can't afford anymore.
1: I asked the Education Minister, Dan Tien, why free childcare was the first COVID-19 measure to be withdrawn, and he didn't respond to that question, nor did he answer um, as to whether he was concerned about the impact the withdrawal would have on children whose parents will no longer be able to afford childcare.
0: So what else do we know then about why the government made these changes and focused on this sector?
1: A lot of stakeholders think it's just ideological. I spoke to Georgie Dent, who's the campaign director at parent advocacy group The Parenthood. She basically said she wasn't surprised the government was rolling back childcare first because of all the stimulus measures the government had announced, the subsidy for childcare was probably the furthest from its comfort zone.
3: Of all of the radical decisions that the federal government and state governments have had to make this year because of COVID, I think the prime minister announcing that childcare would be free even for three weeks—I was not surprised that that was the first decision to be wound back because it was so fundamentally different from what this government stands for.
1: Much like raising the rate of new start, this support measure was one of those that attracted memes about Comrade Morrison because it was part of that rapid reorganization of priorities we saw early on in the pandemic. Making childcare more affordable and accessible hasn't been a huge priority for this government.
3: Um, And I think that, you know, there was this fear that the longer it was in place, the harder it would be to take away. And so that's why I think there was sort of an ideological rationale behind that decision.
0: Let's talk about the practicalities of the decision then. What is the
1: impact of removing these payments for families? So parents will be pushed back onto the childcare subsidy, which is what um, was on offer before the pandemic. It's a means-tested payment, um, but the average Australian family with two parents and two children spend about twenty-five percent of net income on childcare.
3: Out-of-pocket childcare fees in Australia are very, very high.
1: The average in the OECD is eleven percent. So costs in Australia are double what they are elsewhere.
3: Now, with incomes being squeezed and household budgets being contracted, it's just no longer feasible for families to
1: pay. One woman I spoke to about this is Danny DeFoolis. Her husband um, had all of his work at the start of the pandemic cut and she pulled her children out of childcare to save money.
2: I'm Danny DeFoolis. I'm a teacher at a public high school in
1: Geelong and the mother of two preschool kids. she tried working from home with her two young children but said it was just impossible to teach remotely and care for them. So she took advantage of the free childcare for a few months, which allowed him to look for work and her um, to work in peace.
2: It was a massive relief, and not having to pay that meant that we could still continue to do our grocery shopping as normal, buying the fresh fruit and veggies as normal. One less thing to worry about made a huge difference to not only our strings but our mental health as well.
1: Now that the scheme has ended, they're trying to pay childcare bills with her husband's JobKeeper payment and her part-time income.
2: I just... I find the government's approach to the importance of childcare not only from a like feminist perspective, but also from a productivity perspective. If you want our economy to get back on track, you've got to allow the women the ability to work. And women are generally the primary carers and their income's the ones that suffer because of taxing care of young kids. I just could see it chipping away at certain sectors of society and the ones that are that don't seem valued.
1: It's a pretty dire scenario faced by thousands of families right now and I guess it's one of those situations we've seen again and again during the pandemic where the virus is shining a light on the existing cracks in a system, in this case childcare.
2: I think that's forgotten increased. I feel completely invisible as a woman. The value that like the value is placed on every profession that does not involve women as a majority. You know, jobs for the boys, jobs for the tradies. It's all about, you know, keeping the economy open. Construction work can continue. It just feels like the value of
3: women's work is completely diminished and not even considered.
0: We'll be back in a moment. As a a. 7am listener,
4: you value the story behind the headlines.
0: a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points. Sign up today at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Gina, the pandemic subsidy for the childcare sector was discontinued a week ago, and then a few days ago the industry became the first to have the JobKeeper payment for staff cut off too. Can you tell me about that?
1: Yeah, so um, on July 20, childcare workers, at least 90% of whom are women in Australia, became the first and only employees to be cut off from the JobKeeper scheme, which is funded through until the end of September for the rest of the workforce. To ensure government support is appropriately targeted, JobKeeper will also cease
2: for the sector,
1: The government is instead going to pay operators a transition payment of 25% of their fee revenue until September 27. I'm confident that these transition arrangements will still enable families to get the care that they need. And this is a workforce that's one of the lowest paid in the country. And Georgie Dent pointed out that when this decision was made, um, the expenditure review committee didn't have a single woman on it. So that's probably not insignificant.
3: Um, Until very recently, that was comprised of five men. There is now a, a woman on it, but that is, you know, one of the most powerful groups making decisions in Canberra and there was not a single female on that panel and I think the
0: decisions that we're getting certainly reflect that. So how will the end of JobKeeper affect both these workers and also the viability of childcare centres?
1: Well, the sustainability of some services will be under question. There is this transition payment, but it doesn't equate to what many services were getting through JobKeeper. The Education Minister told me that the package had succeeded in its objective of keeping services open and operational as of July 1. But operational is not synonymous with sustainable. A May Education Department report noted that a quarter of childcare centres found the scheme had not helped them actually remain financially viable... And some childcare centres in Victoria are dealing with positive coronavirus tests from children or staff and they've waited days for advice from the health department on exactly what they need to do.
0: And so is anyone proposing a different solution here? Is there something else that the government should be doing?
1: Well, Danielle Wood, who's the chief executive of the Grattan Institute, pointed out that free childcare would cost the government $20 billion a year.
4: You know, that's the ultimate level of support that you can provide um, but even if they don't think free childcare is sustainable, you know, in the longer term, we certainly would argue that a higher level of subsidy and
1: a less... The Institute's modelling showed a cheaper solution is a subsidy of 95% for low-income families, which tapers down to zero as the family's income increases. That would only cost the government about $5 billion more than the current subsidy, but it would boost GDP by about $11 billion a year as more women entered their workforce.
4: So this is a significant economic reform because it allows parents who would like to work more to do so, keeps them in the workforce and really gives us a kicker in
1: terms of the economy during a period where we really need it. Wood said that even without a pandemic, there are strong disincentives for women, particularly those in relationships with men, to work more than three days a week because of how expensive childcare is.
4: We all respond to incentives and the fact that the deck is just so stacked against working women who would like to work more hours if they have young children is a really terrible outcome for the economy. And I would also say I think it's a terrible outcome socially. This is the major contributor to the lifetime earnings gap between men and women. You know, doing something about this, addressing these disincentives that are put there by government policy would be the way to make the most meaningful difference to that.
0: So do you think that the government might look at this, this idea that subsidised or even free childcare would actually stimulate the economy at a greater level than what it would cost?
1: Um, I think a change like that really does require a lot of political will and a genuine desire to give families more options and incentivise women's participation in the workforce, I think some people would argue it's about having a greater breadth of experience in the rooms where these decisions are made. And I don't think that's just about having women in the room, but about having people in the room with an understanding, or better yet, lived experience of trying to pay childcare fees on anything other than, you know, two chunky salaries. This was a really easy opportunity to both support a very female-dominated industry that had been hard hit by this pandemic and to also continue to support mothers particularly working mothers to continue to participate in the workforce and I think that was a really lost opportunity to prove that they were committed to I guess mitigating some of the effects um, on women um, as a result of this pandemic Gina
0: thank you so much for your time today thanks so much Ruby Sloane Crosley is known for her funny and acerbic personal essays, but her new memoir digs much deeper to examine the loss of her best friend. Join me, Michael Williams, as I chat with Sloane about Grief is for People. Find it wherever you listen. Also in the news, Australia had the largest single day of new cases of coronavirus yesterday, with 502 new positive test results. 484 of those are in Victoria, with 16 new cases in New South Wales. The Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, said nearly nine out of every ten people diagnosed in Victoria recently did not isolate in the time after developing symptoms and before getting tested. The Premier also warned that the state's six-week lockdown could be extended. There are now 45 aged care facilities in the state with outbreaks, and face masks are mandatory in public in Victoria as of today.